The Last Word with Matt Cooper. There has been a dramatic increase in the number of complaints about taxi drivers. This according to the National Transport Authority annual review. Vinnie Kearns, Chief Executive of NXT Taxis, is with us. And it would appear that the big increase in uh, complaints about taxi drivers is about providing cashless payment terminals for fares. This is something that all taxi drivers have to do. And yet I've had personal experience of it myself saying, oh, it's not working. You're going to have to give me cash. Um, First of all, a driver is liable for prosecution if he or she refuses to accept a credit card payment. And uh, the customer needs to report this to the National Transport Authority. You know, the majority of large taxi companies have been accepting uh, credit card payments since the early 2000s, but there are quite a significant number of drivers currently refusing to accept credit card payments, opting all the time to try and, and receive cash. Uh, it, it really, it's the, the customer that has to make the complaint and it will be followed up if the, if the transport authority is made aware of it. Okay, but uh, what happens if you end up in a dispute in a taxi with the taxi driver who's insisting on cash? I know it's not very nice to be in a dispute and people want to try and avoid disputes at all costs. But uh, simply all they have to do is ask for a printed receipt, paying cash, ask for a printed receipt which comes from the taxi meter and that will give the National Transport Authority the means to actually follow up and, and, and identify the driver in question. Because then it seems the other most, second most common category complaint related to the conduct and identification of drivers. Now, can this happen when you have particularly uh, various drivers sharing the use of a taxi? Well, there are very, very few taxis now that are more than one driver. Most taxis uh, have, uh, where 20, 20, 30 years ago, you often had two, sometimes three drivers on a car. Today, the majority of, uh, of drivers are single owner drivers or a renter driver. And uh, so if somebody else is driving it, um, first of all, we need to verify, is that driver insured to drive us? Is he licensed to drive us? And the only way that, uh, you know, we, we can really address that is to have an increase in, in policing of that. Okay. And uh, also then in relation to the conduct of drivers, what sort of conducts have been, misconducts have been reported? Um, Most of, uh, any of the uh, misconducts that I've heard has uh, related to to general bad manners and that. And yet again, it's it's not acceptable and uh, complaints should be uh, brought to the National Transport Authority and followed up. But um, unfortunately, not too many people actually go to the bother of following through with a complaint. Now, it seems we have far fewer taxi drivers than we once had, that the number keeps dropping year on year. But if you go back and look back as far as 2009, there were 47,500 recorded taxi drivers. We've now dropped 22,000 on that number. Why? Um, well, first of all, when you have the likes of uh, the the uh, stating that there's a possibility that uh, private cars will be permitted to operate Uber-like and uh, operate the streets as taxi drivers. Sorry, when, does, when was that said? That was said only last year. But so, sure, it hasn't um, happened, and it's always, even though Uber have a headquarters down in Limerick, it's never happened, so why would you really be worried that it would happen? Well, Matt, when you hear somebody, a high-profile uh, political leader, 
making a statement like that, it sends shockwaves through the industry. For a new entrant who may be contemplating buying an electric vehicle, and the average electric vehicle is 50,000, fair enough, there's a grant of up to 20,000 for a new electric vehicle, bringing that down to 40, and then you have a new entrant insurance, probably anywhere between 10 and 15,000. It's a significant investment, and it's not an investment that's likely to be made in an environment that's not proven to be secure. So really, if we had some form of a roadmap, and I'm, I'm, I'm shouting this for a long time, uh, say a, a five-year roadmap from the National Transport Authority stating uh, what their plans are for the industry, how they're going to make it more secure, how they're going to make it safer, well then, yes, it would encourage new entrants into the business. And then you have to look at look at applicants now. From you know, It's a, a paper trail at the moment. You make your application to your local guard station. So all applications for anything nowadays should be online. The process is too, is too lengthy. And when somebody applies, it's probably three or four months before they, they get a test. Then when they pass the test, it's anything from six to eight months before they get the license. And during that time, in the current climate, they're picking up alternative employment. So we really need to, to, to make it, uh, you know, easier to process and, and to get drivers who want to come into the business to get them out there and get them walking. Also, quite a number of taxi drivers are only walking on a part-time basis, Matt. And if you look at it, that if somebody is in a relatively secure job and uh, they just want additional income, maybe they have a hefty mortgage or whatever it may be, and they will drive a taxi on a part-time basis. Now, the, the times that they're driving may not be the times that we actually need taxis on the road. So, yes, I'm agreeing with you. There is a shortage of drivers at the moment, but, you know, new applicants are coming in, and they're coming in uh, in good numbers at the moment, but they're not showing actually on the street. So drivers are getting licences, but they're not necessarily using them and out there walking as taxi drivers. Thank you very much, Vinnie Kearns. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.